0: Good afternoon everyone. Is it good afternoon? Is it good evening? What shall I say? Is the microphone even on? It is. Great, I can see myself just about coming back there now. Welcome everyone in the chat, welcome Christina, Alien P, rock on, very cool, Rod of course, and uh, Julia, my producer, esteemed producer, is here with me, Julia V, aka Blue Owl Productions, one of those things, if you've seen her pop up in Discord, that is indeed Julia. Uh, I think we can change her nickname, but I, we have not worked out how to do that yet. And um, thank you so much for joining, Stephen, how exciting, and of course Dreamlab, my neighbor from Broward, awesome awesome to see you all if i've forgotten anybody i do apologize a few changes have happened on my desktop setup i've got a new microphone here uh, that is because i'm using my old microphone which is slightly better in my kind of you know if you want to call it that narration booth which is kind of a walk-in cupboard because i'm narrating brian's audiobook. i've already put two chapters in the can which is great it's a book that's called Uh, Flickr world, very exciting, I read it Brian contacted me with some render results and that's how we kind of got together which is exciting how that happened and uh, me narrating the audiobook means uh, I will probably be able to afford that new second RTX graphics card because it is kind of sad news, I still have it but I have to give it away so this is kind of the final stream in which we're going to use it like side by side with the other RTX card so let me know what the sound quality is like, because you know, I've never tried it before. It's one of those things. I like to try things live on air, and then if things go wrong, we all go, hmm, yes, yeah, interesting. <laughs> like uh, One other thing that was kind of weird uh, today is I'm um, using Restream for this stream for the first time. So we're live, not only on YouTube, but we're also live on Mixer. Very exciting stuff. If you want to get in, in touch with me uh, during the show, then Mixer has the lowest latency. Very exciting. And So that is also possible. Supposed to relay the chat. Doesn't work, of course. Worked last time. Doesn't work today. One of those things. Um, but yeah. Happy birthday to Clint Eastwood, by the way, in case you're watching Clint. <laughs> highly, highly unlikely. But in case you're zapping through the channels, hey, this guy's doing great stuff there. Then, uh, you yeah, know, this is good. Happy 101st birthday. I don't know how old he is. Clint Eastwood is not actually his real name, but uh, he, it's his birthday today. So... I know that because I've just <laughs> 89. 89. Wow, look at that! That's a proud age. That's an age my, my granddad didn't even get to. So very good, very well done. Eastwood, Jr. Well, that's his real name, Clinton Eastwood Jr. How exciting! I thought it was you know Steve Jones or something like that. No, good stuff. So uh, yes, Clint Eastwood, awesome. Happy birthday, Clint. Um, yes. What have I got planned for you today? I've uh, I've made a scene. <coughs> Let me see if I can find it in the, in the array of scenes that I've got here in the thumbnail library. This one here, the kitchen scene. And I'm going to talk you through how I've made that happen. So um, I'm using one of my all-time favorite characters for this, which is the Toon Mouse by none other than 3D Universe. A very exciting character. I've had him for years. And that little guy just cracks me up every time I try to use him. So he is obviously in uh, some kind of a kitchen and we've got the freaked out you know, person who lives there well, perhaps not in the kitchen exactly but maybe in the house and uh, she's kind of freaked out at the sight of seeing a mouse run away from the coffee machine which is yeah, that's, that's just a mouse's or a rat's right to just go and grab when a cup of coffee. You know, you know. As, I'm sorry? When what happens then? Turn? I'm so sorry. Uh, when I turn away... The mic is not good. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, it is. That's one of those um, caveats. I think it's when I'm speaking like this, it's all good. But I think if I speak like that, not so good. That's good to, good to know. Okay, I'll, uh, I'll see what we can do about that. It's only during the time that I'm narrating the book, and I'll, I'll, bring, the, I'll bring the other mic back. So I like the idea that this is slightly, um, slightly smaller here. That's kind of cool. So it doesn't go like, you know, right in front of my face, but it's one of those things I'm, I'm, still, you know, I'm still thinking. Uh, we'll see what we can do. Thank you for the feedback. I like that. How's the picture quality, by the way? All good today? because we're kind of streaming to restream first. Restream then brings it to YouTube, and it looks like it's okay, but, you know, chat doesn't work so well, so there we go. (laughs) So anyway, little guy freaked out Genesis 2 character here. I believe it's Victoria 6, and that's kind of two generations behind now, so we're talking... four or five years ago that's when genesis 2 came out but i've chosen her because it's a character that natively doesn't have iris shaders but they are kind of hidden in the genesis 2 female package there so we i'll show you where they are and then we can apply them to the to the woman I'm using Biscuit's Mila hair. I'm trying to convey the idea that the hair is as freaked out as the person. And uh, that's basically it. The set is the apartment kitchen, which is a freebie from the Platinum Club. This week you get the set for free from the Platinum Club. Links to all the products are in the description if you're you're interested. I've just realized, and this is funny, that I haven't realized this before, there's this thing this red thing here, that is actually not part of the scene. That's just something that I've forgotten to take away. This is the eye target that comes with the mouse. So um, this is something that you can uh, touch in the scene and then move around. So that's how that works. And that moves the little guy's eyes around. He is, of course, not eye ray compatible. So what we're going to do is we're going to build the whole scene. And I'm going to talk you through all the aspects of it so there's uh, there's t- it's mainly about the expressions so we're going to talk about how to dial in expressions in characters today so that's that's one thing we can do that in this guy and we can do that in um, in Victoria 6. There's another product actually that I'm using, it's called MORE Expressions, MORE in all capital letters, and that is a product, I believe, by Charlie on uh, DAS 3D, and that is, that turns the regular Genesis expressions into something like even, you know, MORE, kind of, you know, pronounced. Those are all face morphs, very cool stuff. With all that out of the way, let's get started, shall we? I will keep an eye on the chat as soon as we get going here, and especially when, during the time it takes my computer to render. So, <laughs> one of those things. Uh, this is actually the scene here. I'm going to go and save that quickly, that I've only made about an hour or two ago. And uh, you can see this eye target here. That's the, that's the, kind of, that's the thing that allows me to uh, move this guy's eyes, in addition to just touching an eye and then moving it around. That sometimes helps. Yes actually uh, speaking of which one of the things I wanted to make you aware of in the picture let's just go quickly go back to the picture uh, two things that are interesting about this rather than just the expression uh, I'm using two very subtle lights here so first I'm going to have to adjust the lights that come with the set because they are a little bit over the top <laughs> To put it mildly, they're, they're extremely cranked up, and this makes this whole area totally blown out. So we're going to turn those down. But to separate the mouse from the background, I'm adding a spotlight here behind this guy. Can you see these tiny little white things that you can, that you can see? The top of the mouse is slightly illuminated, and that just gives this ever so slight pronunciation of the fact that there is different geometry here than there is here. So the, the importance of doing that is usually in render engines everything is in focus and that means every object will kind of blend automatically into the other one unless it has a different contrast and it's all too easy if you have a character that is standing in front of some geometry that there's just so much in the scene that it's very difficult to tell apart where one object starts and where it ends so sometimes it's good to add these little separation lights there and this is something it's almost like the uh like the what's it called the rim light when you have a three point lighting setup this is almost like the rim light it's a light that comes from behind the character and adds this just slight illumination onto the top of an object or the, kind of the backslash top of an object. That's how that works. The other subtle light that I've added is in front of her face here. So it's about, around about here in the scene. And if you don't do that, this whole corner here is going to be very dark. And that's why I've added a small light here. I've given it a slight color so that's, that kind of emphasizes the fact that she's got a slightly blushed face. That's all I wanted you to know about that. Rim lighting, that's exactly right, Stephen. There's the key light, there's the fill light, and there's the rim light. And uh, I think rim light also has another name. I cannot quite remember what it was. I'm going to close that Studio down, only because if I create a new scene, then the default settings aren't always coming in and some of the settings that I've kind of tweaked will come back and I I'd, I'd rather you see this literally from top to fin- from from top to bottom the way I'm creating that scene. Oh, interesting Stephen, thank you for letting me know. It is always a mystery this whole this whole latency thing is a complete mystery to me as well. So on Mixer, for example, it's like literally instant. So on Mixer, what I'm saying and what comes out is literally there instantly. And going forward, I'd like to use that. And uh, it's one of those things, sometimes the chat just doesn't work on multi-stream events. So it's uh, it's a half test. I'm going to stick to YouTube. But if you want to tell me something you know, faster than the folks on YouTube see it, you can go on mixer.com forward slash verse Lewis. Okay, uh, let's start perhaps with the with the set any votes set first then characters yeah let's do that let's do the set first i've already installed it here it's in my smart content uh, tab and it comes up under environments and there's the apartment kitchen here I'm going to open that and it comes up with both environments and props so we have the props separated out if you want to have the coffee cup or the the grape bowl for your other scenes or the chair or whatnot uh, or the kitchen base you can uh, just have all these items individually that's very convenient I like it when content creators do that sort of thing so under environments we're going to go and load the whole kitchen in that'll just take a second that allows me to have a sip of coffee The nectar of the gods, as Rod calls it, <laughs> and there it is. I got your email, Rod. Thank you so much um, for sending that to me. I'm very glad to hear that Jolene is better. It's one of those things. It's um, yeah. I've been through several iterations of what to do with this scene. Let me close this down so I can give you uh, the the kind of the guided tour here. I'm going to make my camera a little bit wider. Well, hopefully we can go and... Oops, what's happened now? Well, that's not what I wanted to do. There we go. Wider, there we go. So this is the set. It's got this kind of kitchen table here. It's got an entrance door here. It's got a very large front of windows. And my first idea when I was kind of thinking about what am I going to do for Friday? What am I going to put together? I was going to put uh, an indoor shot here so that we see something on the outside. And my original idea was to put a plane on the outside, that would represent a garden, and then I was going to use one of Biscuit's freebie packs on Biscuit's Patreon account, Uh, the grass patches. Biscuit's, uh, hello Biscuit's by the way, if you're in the chat, yes you are. I didn't say hello earlier, so sorry about that. Uh, The Biscuit's made this little pack that is geometry of uh, little grass patches, varying degrees of them, and I wanted to, (laughs) yes, I wanted to use that and replicate that across a plane so that it's kind of a garden. And my original idea was that the woman is gardening outside and the mouse is gonna make himself a coffee. That was the idea. But because of the replication of the geometry it was so dense that I could barely move the scene and I thought, ah it's not very nice for representation so or for, for demonstration purposes. So I'm gonna maybe do that another time or just create the scene and then just put it up on, on renderosity. So I've decided to leave the outside alone and just have sunlight streaming into the kitchen, which is of course here. And then we're getting a shot from somewhere like this. So the coffee machine is in it and uh, maybe the hob, maybe not, we'll we'll see about this. Uh, We'll see about how wide we're gonna make that shot. Can make it very wide. Something like that maybe and then we can have our character over here on that surface and then we can have victoria standing here going my goodness that sort of thing and uh, it's always a little bit tricky to add depth of field in very wide angle scenes because just uh, just by the nature of how the optics work you get a shallower depth of field effect if you have a longer focal length and if you have a shorter focal length it's much more difficult to bring a shallower depth of field in there we can just about do it i guess with this but uh, that's the reason why things like the gopro or mobile phones they have a very very tiny sensor hence the 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 focal length is, is actually extremely short they're also very wide angle and that's why they often have no depth of field at all Yes, that is how it works, uh, Christina. that is possible. Then maybe we'll do that next time, that's a good idea. We can even render two scenes. We can render one for the outside and just put that on a plane on the outside and then we can deal with the indoor scene and then we just offload that geometry. It's a very cool idea. Marius, thank you for joining us. Uh, Exciting, exciting that you're here. Um, I personally don't have the Octane Render plugin for DAS Studio, but uh, if anyone else has them, let Marius know. I've heard good things about it from Phil Wilkes. He uses that in the in Carrara and uh, he loves Octane. He, us- he uses everything for Octane. It's very cool. Let's bring in our main character which is of course a mouse and put him over here. He is also on the smart content tab under uh, oops. smart content whereas the mouse has a slight issue here. Huh. in fact my smart content tab has a slight issue here oh it's because this is now not looking at what, what is this thing doing there we go oh. it was looking at something but not the right thing so there we go let's go for figures and there he is, this is I think this is why I kind of like using him because he comes up as the first object in my content library so let's double click him and uh, that's, that's the Toon mouse he has several materials here for Poser 6 and for regular Dash. so this is not an iRay figure He's got several poses that we're going to have a look at. There's a cheese prop. That's cool. Maybe we can use a cheese prop. I didn't do that earlier. And uh, he's got... Yeah, I think he has wardrobe as well. Look, he has a waistcoat. We're not going to use that. It's just you know a regular old tomb mouse that comes in here. There we go. He's probably somewhere around here. So now that I've got my shot more or less framed up, let me go and create a camera from that so that I can... And I can lock that in and that's also at the top here so create new camera and I'm going to use the active viewport which is my perspective view for that so I'm going to hit accept and that now has my camera selectable at the top right here so now I can switch between my camera which is my scene and the perspective view so uh, I can wander around in the scene that's how we roll and I'll see where my friend the two mouse is I can just click toon mouse in the scene tab and then hit that little square here and if i do that then i jump straight into where that toon mouse is So that's kind of handy mm-hmm. here and i want to move him kind of over here i guess so let's see if we can do that with a little tab with a little 3d manipulator if you don't see these things by the way then uh, have a look at what's currently selected up here at the at this magic bar here if you have something else selected this thing is the universal tool and that has all these things like location uh, rotation and scale and uh, if yours looks different you may have either you know just the rotation tool selected or just the pointing tool or you know something else like surface selection tool or whatnot so i can already see that this little guy as funny as he is, he is larger than the coffee machine in our scene and that isn't really gonna work for us, is it? So I think I'm gonna have to scale him down just a little bit I think I may do that in a moment but uh, let me just position him first and we can see um, he looks so cute, doesn't he? And you can animate literally everything, that is one of those things that I really like about the about uh, 3D universe There's not; it's not just the rigging that he's done, there's so many morphs in this thing. Steve from South Africa, shout out to Steve, awesome stuff. His latest creation is the little chameleon. I forgot what, what, what it was called, but it just came out a couple of days ago, and it's a chameleon that has a little insect as a friend, and he's got this really long tongue and several outfits and um, textures on it. Very, it's very exciting stuff. Ah, Let's put a pose on him. That's also under the smart content here, poses, and uh, with the tune mouse selected, I would love to just see the poses. There we go. Sometimes they're double. I really don't understand why. By function, by region, it's, I don't know why they're double. Maybe I've, I've installed both the poser version and the DAS version. That's, that's maybe possible. So pose figure one, uh, pose one is the same here. Um, so let's ignore every other one. So we can either use something like this or use something like that where he's kind of happy. But I like the idea that he's, he's, sort, of, uh, he's sort of scared here at the bottom, there's something where he's kind of jumping. I think I'm going to use that. So uh, watch what happens if I double click on that pose with my mouse selected and mouse disappears. And you go, yes, that's not what I wanted, is it? And it turns out, if I go and try and find the mouse, I believe that's uh, he's just he's gone back over here now. So he's kind of gone back to his original positions, and that is sometimes what happens to poses. Uh, What some content creators do is that they save the location of the pose with the pose, and that's good if you have a set in which. uh, person walks, I don't know, to a cupboard, which is kind of, you know, not in the center of the scene, but it's kind of away from the scene. Uh, but it doesn't help us, because I had already positioned my character, and now it's gone. So I'd have to kind of do the whole positioning thing again, and that's, that's not good for me. So what I can do is, first of all, hit Ctrl Z, and that'll bring my mouse back, and the pose is now not applied. But what I can do is, uh, that is correct. If you, you absolutely dream lab gets 100 points. Fake internet points though, but it's exactly right. You hold the control key down, and then you apply the pose. And when you do that, a little, uh, a little menu comes up here in which you can now decide what to apply in the pose. And that's kind of cool. So a rotation, for example, we want, a scale we want, but the translation, x, y, and z-axis, we don't want. So we can just switch that off. And now if we just hit accept, and then the pose is applied but the character is still in the same position. Very, very good. Very important to remember. I remember that freaked me out a lot when I first started using um, Dash Studio. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> this is one of those things, yeah, if you, if you get hit by that, by that phenomenon so many times and you think, ah, oh, man, all my, all my fiddly work, it just kind of makes your productivity go up by 30% if that happens more and more. Oh Rod's on Mixer, yeah, oh I can see Julia and Rod, you're both on Mixer, how exciting. I've got two chat tabs open now, so it's it's very, very exciting to keep track of all that. It's supposed to be all combined in one, but hey, today it doesn't work, so. How do you do it in Poser, Rod? Is there a way to, to make that not happen in Poser? I'm not that familiar with Poser so any oh I see right yes yeah, are the coordinates that's that's a good point yeah I was just wondering about the control and then apply a pose is that something that that works in Poser? something similar like that <laughs> that is you know alien I, I totally I'm feeling you man I'm feeling you That's exactly right so um. Let me scale him down here with this little tab. Something like that. And his foot is supposed to just about touch the touch the ground here. There. I think I think that's he's kind of, you know, cartoonly hovering over the over the surface as he as he walks away. A little bit of rotation we're gonna apply, and that's let me look through my camera here. Right, uh, There, so he's he'll he'll run away, something like that. Expressions and uh, finalization and all that we're going to worry about in a moment. I'm just trying to tweak him so that he's kind of running away from the coffee machine. Do you know, speaking of the coffee machine, while we're while we're here, I think I'm going to go and select the coffee machine, and uh, that's in the apartment kitchen, isn't it? Yeah, AK, not delete. Oh my goodness, no, 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 that's not what I wanted to do. Uh, select the coffee machine I'm going to go and twist the coffee machine around actually because we only see the side of it and it's kind of behind the mouse and in my final shot I'd like the viewer to see that this is actually a coffee machine so I'm going to go and rotate that around and move that slightly further back something like that we'll we'll worry about the final details later here perhaps even move that back a little bit Yeah, something like that, so that we can see that there's a coffee machine in the scene, which he's running away from. That's the idea. Let's see if we can bring in our other character, our other main character. Uh, you know, this sometimes happens here. When something's selected now, this the, the uh, smart content tab defaults to these products here. I don't know what's up with that. I've never really had that before, especially not during testing, so eh. No selection, that's that's really what we want. And um, it's still not exactly working the way I wanted it. That is super crazy, I've never had this happen before. You see this thing, that should say no selection up here and that should let me browse my whole library. So I think I can find a way around it by unticking this filter by context box here. It sometimes happens that uh, Whatever is selected, the smart content tab looks through your content and says, Hey, what fits with that? And let me only show the items that fit with the item that's currently selected. Of course, if you got something like obscure, like a coffee maker, nothing ever goes with it. So, the idea is that if you have Genesis 3 character. And this box is ticked, then only Genesis three items will show up, rather than all items that you have, even though they may fit and that may something that you want to look at. But by default, it just goes and says, "No, nah, no, nah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to show you that." So, one of those things. Yeah, it is. It it takes kind of getting used to. I like con smart. I like the smart content, Christina, but uh, it has. It's not without its caveats, shall we say. <laughs> So uh, now I can probably go into figures and there's everyone that's showing up now. So uh, I stuck with the Victoria 6 HD version. I happen to have her. I'm going to go and load her in. That'll take a moment. Yeah, the thing is, the thing with the uh, regular content library that I like is that I know what it does. <laughs> you know, the smart content tab is always this half mystery that does things that I'm always thinking, yeah, hang on a minute, why did you do that now? And uh, yeah, the content uh, library tab is literally just a thing that, uh, that just, that's just a file browser, isn't it? So that's just very easy to remember that. I'm going to actually make the kitchen unselectable because I, if I if I click into the scene, that's this little tick box here, the little arrow. When that has an X on it, then that means nothing in this thing is now selectable, and that's cool because sometimes you want to select an object in the scene but you keep selecting the background and that's just super annoying and you know it's you've, you've got to accidentally selected a light you use the move tool and then your lights moved and you go no obviously not what i wanted so i uh, have this little x icon you just click it and when the, when you've got the tick then it's a selectable item if there's an x through it then you can't select that So it's kind of kind of nice to um uh, to remember that so i don't want to select anything of the background here and now I can't even accidentally, because all I want to select is my character. You can bring this menu up here, this context menu, by just right-clicking on the object. Because it may be that if you select just this part of the character, you haven't actually selected the character, you've selected her abdomen here. You haven't selected the full figure. And that's not good if you want to you know, move the whole figure. So there we go, that's, that's just... If you right-click on the thing you want to select, you can then go and select uh, the whole figure from here or double click that that also works but you know less clicking is always better i'm going to utilize my smart content now i'm going to go and tick that box here filter by context and with my figure selected i should now see only items that go with my genesis 2 character so these are the figures that go with genesis 2 i'm going to go and have a look at my wardrobe section here looks like the boardwalk outfit is the only one that's installed currently for genesis 2 so i'm going to go and double click that to enter into it we're not going to bother with uh, shoes but i'm going to go and put the shorts on double click that'll just make them fit right on there and i'm going to put the top on there we go. Now we can move our character into place it'll be somewhere here you can see how wide my perspective view currently is. I'm going to move her around something like that and I'll look through my camera now to see where she needs to be in, in relation to the whole scene here Sometimes it's easier to work in one of the other views, like the, the, the top view or something like that. Uh, or you can also open up a second viewport and then just keep an eye on it, like my uh, AUX viewport here. I could just go and have a look at the camera here. It gives me a kind of a second perspective. Want to fiddle around, want to keep an eye on how this thing is actually, how this thing is looking. So um, that's a good starting point-ish, but let's see what happens when we put the pose on. So I think in my original shot, I think it was even wider, or the framing was slightly different. Perhaps it was something like that, because obviously my, my character's head was definitely in there. I think it was something like that, maybe. Oh yes, Uh, good idea Rod. Absolutely good idea. Rod's on Mixer and for some reason the chat isn't relaying. What Rod's saying on Mixer isn't coming out on YouTube. Last time in the test it all worked fine. Of course today it doesn't. Hey, what else is new, hey? Let's see if we can pick up a pose here. I think I found one earlier. I'm also going to use the smart content for that. I'll just head over to poses. And there's uh, these essential Ico poses, I think they were, there was something in there that I liked. Let's see which one it was, if I can remember. There was something where she's just wafting her hands in the area, like this one here, the who cares pose. That's the one. So if I just go and apply that, then it'll do this. So now we could have done the same thing by leaving the rotation of the character in place. So in this case, I guess the pose was saved with uh, not with the translation information, but still with the rotation information. Maybe I'll try that again. So Control z to undo that, and just go Control double click the pose, and uh, there we go. Uh, Pose Preset Loader. In this case, we don't really want the rotation at all. So let's switch that off, hit Accept. Nothing happened. Yes, that's interesting, isn't it? So guess that goes to show it doesn't always work. I did do the right thing, right? Yeah. X rotation. Oh, yeah. I didn't want the, what is it? The Z rotation. So Z axis. Maybe I'll just untick that and see what happens now. Yeah, that didn't work either. Because it was Y, wasn't it? Ah, ah. Yes. uh, Takes some practice, doesn't it? So let's double click that and just uh, try again without the Y axis. That looks ludicrous. Okay. I'm giving up, officially, I'm just going to apply the pose, turn the character around. There, in your face, Das Studio. Easy. User wins. Again. Okay, good stuff. So now you're watching me twice, Rod, thank you so much. <laughs> Exciting. So, um, we're going to deal with the expression in a moment. Uh, but for now let's go and see what this looks like in my camera here so she's way happier than I want her to be I also want her to kind of lean forward a little bit Uh, let's go and see if we can yeah, I really need two viewports, don't I? Let me just work in two viewports. Then. That's a, if you ever want to split your viewport, that's a, on the window viewports. And you can say side by side or top and bottom to split this into two viewports. I think I'm going to do this in top and bottom, since this is like a 16 by 9 uh, version. So I'll do that. Up here, I'll have the camera and at the bottom viewport, I'm going to have the perspective view to kind of fiddle around. You can also make that top one a little bit smaller there i think that's going to be that's going to be good so in my case i'd like to whoops see this this also happens sometimes if you do that control z will do you a favor there i like to move her around a little bit and twist her towards the camera and it's sometimes a little tricky to see these little markings i'm also going to move her further to the actual counter here and now that means i have to move her way to about here I see she's not quite in the scene. I'd like for her head to be in the scene, so I'm not entirely sure how I'm gonna make that happen without screwing too much with the framing. Because you know we do want both the mouse and the lady in the picture. Is a wider frame of view the answer? It looks like it is. There, let's try that. I uh I totally agree with you, Rod. It's it's not it's interesting if you make If you try to set up the same scene twice, it always comes out a little bit different, doesn't it? So, I think I like this. I think I'm going to go with this. And I'm going uh, to, this, this pose is not quite there yet, so I'm going to deal with that next. The hands are kind of, it, it's true, the, the pose's title is kind of who cares, but I want them to be more like this, so that she's kind of, kind of defensive about the fact that there's a mouse or a rat in her scene. So what I can do there now is I can select her arm, her lower arm here, not so much the hand, but the arm, so I can go and uh, right-click that and see if I'm selecting the right thing here, left forearm, and then on the parameters tab, this kind of you know it depends on how you wanna how you wanna set it up. On the parameters tab, you can go and. Uh, twist these things around I twist bend and side side you can do that with the regular 3d manipulator tool as well but uh, sometimes it's difficult to see what does what so i use a combination of this here in the parameters tab and you can try twist and see what that does so that's kind of that's what i want that's exactly what i want um, but uh, in the viewport it's often difficult to see what you're doing if you look closely, then... Uh, oh, hello, Karen. Hello, Karen. How are you doing? Good to meet you. Um, nice to see you again. If you do that, there's also something just next to it in the viewport. You can see this little round thing here. That almost does the same. So you have the same parameters split out into these values. So red, green, and blue are pretty much the same. And if I move the twist slider, it's the same as moving this thing here so I can hover over one uh, like the red one and then I can twist the the actual the actual little bit here and it does the same thing but you can also see the limits that have been applied so I can't rotate this thing 360 degrees it's a visually different representation of what we have on the slider The slider does this Automatically, it has limits applied, and I can only twist the arm from here to there, and uh, nothing like a 360-degree rotation because that would just be unnaturally kind of painful. So that's there's limits applied there in the in the rigging there, and uh, you can have the, this is similar representation here. You can see the limits, and sometimes it's easier to move bits and bobs around. And the fascinating thing about this tool here is that it's also got this middle button, this uh, kind of pose dial here, the white blob in the center. And that is something like a trackball. You can see that like a trackball that you left click and move around and then you can affect all three sliders at the same time and that makes posing sometimes easier. So uh, it's it takes a little bit of getting used to and it may not be what we want in this case but you know you can you can see the effect that this has on her arm. So if you know where you're dragging the trackball you can have you can probably fairly easily dial in the effect that you want. I just wanted to mention that I'm going to undo that because uh, that's not the effect that I want uh, and I'm going to go and stick to the little either the little twisty slider here or the little outer ring and just just uh, make her hand a little bit more defensive here i'm going to do the same thing on the other arm here Uh, left click uh, on that and go sorry right click on that and pick the right forearm and once again i'm going to just use that slider and go like that so that's kind of there I think I'd li- also like her to kind of bend forward a little bit and that's uh, that's done uh, with a similar principle here uh, by right clicking on kind of the middle of the character here you can drag her, so it's like in, in Poser, this inverse kinematic thing you can literally just drag the head and bend it forward and you can do that, that's you know that is definitely possible and you can have a figure breakdowns but that's not very accurate so often that doesn't give you the results that you want so have control Z at the ready you can try that with the chest you can bring the chest forward but again it's just not very precise movement there it's just you know it looks more painful than anything so um, I'm gonna go and right click the chest and I'm gonna use the same controls as before I just want her to bend forward a little bit Uh, whoops that was not it actually that was uh, probably her breasts rather that's not what I wanted see if I can find out what exact part of the figure I need to uh, I need to do this with neck could try the neck No, that's the neck that's it works but it's not exactly what I want I'll try the top bit of the chest yeah that's that's what I want so the whole ribcage moves forward I also like the head to move forward so I'll select the head something like that side side it does that does this but yeah that's more like a, a natural uh, pose here that that kind of makes a look towards the mouse i'm also half keeping an eye on the eyes i'm not sure if you can see that actually with the two viewports here but i am uh, looking at the eyes a little bit so that they don't uh th- that there's no extreme movement so we wouldn't like in in the real world we wouldn't if something is on the left of me i wouldn't have my head facing this way and then just look at the left with my eyes I wouldn't do that I would move probably my whole body so it's not just my head it's also my collarbone and my whole ribcage. they would all move in this direction and I try to put the eyes kind of more or less in the the middle of my eye sockets basically and then move the rest of my body to aid me looking at the left or the right and we need to emulate the same thing in a 3d character otherwise it's going to look really weird and unnatural Yes, I think me too. I wonder if it actually came out at that time, uh, Christina. It was—I uh, I, love that game. It's very good. I, we played it on the PlayStation Two many years ago. So um, let me just go back to a single viewport for now and uh, and show you this in in rather large. When I'm going to go and uh, deal with the expression next, so I'm going to go and select the the character here. Whoops. Her head and zoom in there so now she just looks uh well kind of you know relatively you know the the regular bland expression that that all the genesis characters have so let's go and uh, make sure we give that a bit of an expression now and that is done that is done by selecting the head, expressions are morph dials that are in the head, they're not in the regular figure. So if you select the, uh, the just the, the whole figure, then it's very difficult to drill down and find the expressions for the actual head. You can find full body morphs and you can find things like that makes the figure more muscular and all that, but you can't really find the expressions. Those are very difficult sometimes, there's two types of expressions one are done by bones by actual rigging so you rig parts of the figure and then you can have the, the whatever the cheeks bulge out and the nose go up and down and all that It can be done with rigging and then just that morphs the geometry but uh, often the really good expressions are not created that way they're created by actual custom morphs in something like zbrush or blender and then they're being added as regular morph dials and they come to life if you uh, right click the figure, just click the head, select the head and then at the top here you've got this thing under the on the parameters tab this is all on the parameters tab, on pose dials and there's head and in here you'll find expressions and there's just so many of them, so this is uh, part of an expression pack that you get it's usually the head and body morphs, they contain the expressions as well sometimes I think with a regular figure you get about 4 or 5 different expressions or 6 depends on how generous Das felt at that day, but then you have to buy a separate uh, body morph or head morph kit for that, and that contains all these expression morphs. And then it's just a simple matter of cranking them up so you can make it angry or you can make it confused and you know excited and all that and you can you can mix and match them as well so you can have flirting as well as desirable on and you know sometimes it looks extremely sick of course because you know like like this this is kind of Uh, What I'm saying is kids don't use them all at once and do use caution when you use these morph dials Control Z is your friend or alternatively if you've cranked something up to a value you'd like to reset You've got these two options. You can either click that little uh, Gear icon and hit reset that'll reset that parameter to zero or whichever is the default value Or you can also click the alt button and just click on the slider anywhere on the slider so alt click will also reset most sliders not all sliders because you know that'd be too easy but uh, most sliders so there we go i think let's go and find something like uh afraid afraid's a good start let's let's dial a little bit of afraidness in here is that a word afraidness it is now <laughs> that's cool very cool <laughs> Anyway, and uh, just, I'm going to make it a little bit. I'm not going to drag it up to 100% here. And then I'm going to find something like, uh, well, that's shock. Whoops, where was shock? If it's too many sliders, by the way, you can also just search for it. Like if you're searching for something specific, you have this search box at the top, and you can say, uh, like, shock. And when you type the first few letters, it'll just search the whole list and then, the one thing comes up. It goes for all these dials, by the way. If you f- if you're looking for a particular body type that you'd like to morph, and you know there should be a morph that exists, like eyes or something, just uh, t- select that that particular object, and then uh, go and search for it. That'll that'll make your life a lot easier rather than looking through thousands of selectable little sliders. So uh, shock is shock is good. Let's see what shock does. Uh, shock does this. Mm-hmm hmm very cool it's so a shock maybe a little bit of shock could do this thing is to uh, to just clear out your search result so make sure no text is in here if you're expecting all the sliders to show and sometimes they don't it's often because there's something typed in the text field here so uh i think scream was scream a thing yeah there we go scream is good let's try scream oh very cool that's exactly what we want this kind of screaming notion here and I've told you about this this morph pack uh, earlier. This is kind of it's called the more expressions. Let me see if I can bring it up here. This is it. This is the other thing I'm using. the more expressions by cake one it wasn't Charlie. It was cake one. There we go. And it kind of relies on the regular expressions for the characters, but it'll turn them into more. So you have to have this in order to get that and we're going to use a little bit of that as well because I I just I saw this product many years ago and I thought oh my god that's hilarious I need to have that That's very very cool so look into that it's very exciting we're going to use that as well and that is uh, in the I wish I knew where oh yes it's a little sub menu see one more so it'll it'll show in the long list and it will be somewhere in more let's see it's probably scream more there we go that's it That's the slider. So if I dial that, then she just gets that little extra over-the-top, oh-my-God expression type thing. There. If we're not entirely happy with what we've done so far, we think, hey, now that we've done scream and scream more, we need to have a little bit of afraidness or whatever. There's also, yes, afraid more. Let's do that as well. Oh, my goodness. There we go. It's kind of a really freaked out woman now. If you ever want to see, hey, there's so many sliders that are in use and there's some that are not in use, you can also use this thing at the top here, which is currently used. And that'll filter out this whole list of the, of the table here and only show you whatever is currently in use. So if you click that, then currently in use is afraid, scream, shock, afraid more, and scream more. And now you can kind of dial them down. So this is kind of a good way of... Just dialing some value in—that's not the default—and then to filter out what you want to work with. That's that's kind of cool. Also works with the rotation, translation, and all these things. So um, I'm kind of I'm kind of liking that expression here. Perhaps uh, you know. <coughs> sound of yeah, sound effects. Uh, thank you so much. <laughs> I think we're just going to leave it here. This is just uh, you know this is just fine for what we're going to do. Uh, let's see what this looks like in our shot. Yeah, oh my god, there's a mouse. Perhaps I think the, the pose that she's got here, I think we've we've done a good job on the on the head and on the hands here. I think I'm gonna move her over just a little bit uh to just a little bit further over like over to here, you know. Let's see if we can make that happen. In the perspective view. just drag her over here. Yeah, I think that's a cool idea. Let's do that. Slightly further towards our character. Yeah, just just a little bit, just a little bit. If because we're not really going for realism here, if I find that my the top of the character's head is a little bit cut off, because we don't see her feet, I can just, you know, make her sink into the ground a little bit. I mean, no one's really you know, no one's really looking at that. So whatever we don't see in the scene is totally fine. I could even have her feet kind of go into the, into the kitchen cupboard thing here. It's You know, if it helps the scene and we don't see it, it doesn't really matter. So I think maybe that's kind of a cool thing. Emphasizes her hand as well because of the short focal distance. I think I'm down with that okay i let's save the scene just in case my computer you know decides to decides to freak out <clears throat> kitchen cast i'm going to call it and I do apologize i've totally forgotten to uh, put last week's uh, scene file on patreon i'll do that later and i'll do that with this one as well so if there are any parameters here that you'd like to examine, all my patreon supporters can have a closer look at that even if you don't own the actual Objects like the, like the expressions and all that, it'll come up, it'll still kind of work, and the sliders will be examinable. Is that a word? There's a word, isn't it? Examinable. That's examinable or LLC. Yes. So I'm going to do that later. And then <clears throat> all Patreon supporters can have a look. Let's have a look what this thing looks like rendered. I always like to save this thing before I render anything. That may take a second or two. Remember, it's the final day in which I can show you two RTX cards at work at the same time. Because literally after the stream, I'm going to have to give these away. Look at that. Rendering with two RTX 2080 cards. Woohoo! Oh, for one last day. <laughs> Maybe I should do an animation overnight and just let it render. And then tomorrow, I really have to bring this back. Amazon have already sent me an email saying, mm, crazy stuff. so what we can see here is that the light by default is existent in the scene but of course it's totally over the top so that's really not what we want i think this is just this is just way too much and it's just you know we need to we need to work on that the the developer of this scene has added light emitting surfaces over here and over here and here and even here. And that is what makes up our light together with potentially, let's have a look, a headlamp. So auto headlamp is on. Let's just make sure we're gonna switch that off on our camera. This is my camera tab here, by the way. And I don't want the headlamp from the camera to kind of, you know, mess with our scene. So I don't wanna do that. I'm gonna switch the headlamp mode off on the camera. Uh, But then the next thing yeah, tone mapping I'll I'll play with tone mapping later Dreamlab but the thing is it's just emitting too much light here and uh, this means the skin is all blown out here and it's just it's just way too much light on the kitchen counter so I think we need to uh, work with that I don't think I can do that in tone mapping and to find out what surface this is first of all I need to go and go back to my scene tab and make my kitchen selectable again if i don't do that then i won't be able to pick the surfaces so let me just go and make that selectable again and then i'm going to go and pick my surface selection tool that's this little guy up here if i select that then i can go and hover over many of my objects and the ones that i'm interested in are the ceiling lights here and this thing here so that's the light strip It just about uh, looks like that AK light. So AK is the apartment kitchen, I think, and that's the that's the surface we're going to select. Zin sim, how you doing? Greetings, glad to see you. With that selected, and I'm just going to leave Iray running here. I'm going to head over to the Surfaces tab in which I can now see that the AK light is selected. So that's the surface I want to work with. And here I can now go and open that. This gives me all the IRA properties of my scene. And what I'm interested in is here the emissions tab. And that shows me two things. And one, and I can kind of see the effect of that in the scene. One is that we have uh, a lot of light. We also have a very low emission light temperature. And the developer has made the light Kind of yellowish, so that gives us this way too yellow for my liking effect, so we can we can work with that so first of all, using the emission temperature and a color on the light that 's never a good idea. pick one and stick with that, so either you make the emission temperature lower or you leave that on the default, and then you tweak the color of the light that it emits, but doing both you 're not really doing yourself a favor there so i 'm going to go and click that and uh, to just bring the white light back. And that'll now make, it's going to be a little bit of a difference now, but uh, the bigger issue is that the luminance tab here is cranked up to something rather large. Let me just count that. This is uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven zeros and a one. What is that? hundred million? It doesn't really need to be that high. So I'm going to go and uh, reduce that, uh, divide that by ten, and then we'll see what, what happens there. It's getting there it's getting there let me just subtract another zero and we'll see what happens now that looks more natural to me now so I can see that the that this is now just emitting light but it's not that huge so I can now see that there's you know shadow and definition in the figure actually Uh, not a lot just yet but it's you know it's coming together and that just means this now lights up as it would in a regular kitchen. We can maybe crank it up a little bit, but I think, you know, I, I think I'm going to stick stick with this. I think I'm going to stick with this. Uh emission temperature 3000, that's kind of a very warm light. I think I'm going to make that so the the regular value here would be uh, 6500. Whoops, so sorry. <laughs> Oh, there we go. So Alt-Click doesn't work on emission temperature, by the way. That's that's what I meant with it's not quite implemented everywhere. So Reset will do the trick, but Alt-Click won't do the trick. It doesn't work on every slider, just so that you know. So 6,500 is regular daylight, but uh, it is quite correct that these things like LED strips, they wouldn't perhaps emit that sort of temperature. I'm thinking I'm going to put that down to about 5,000. That's closer to what these things are like. Uh, between four and five thousand kind of depends on the depends on what product you buy i guess but (laughs) so that's that i'm going to do the same thing with these lights here up here those are very similar i'm going to click that with my surface selection tool and that's now on a different object under ak light i'm going to go to the emission and yeah we've got the same thing here so i'm going to go and set this to white light as well and the temperature now is 4,000, so I'm going to leave that in place. And the luminance that these guys emit here, yeah, I'm going to make that a little bit uh, less as well. Divided by 100, is that is that too late? That's just not, that's not enough. So I'm going to divide by 10 so that we have a little bit more light in the back here. Did you do that? DAS Studio. Yeah, that's a bit... That's a bit too much. So I'm going to knock the 10 off and replace it with a 5 and divide that by 5. There. I think that is closer to the ambiance I'm going for here. Yeah, I think I'm going to leave it like that. Um, shall we get rid of the noise? I'll take, uh, take votes. Shall we get rid of uh, a bit of noise and use the denoiser or shall we leave, leave it without the denoiser? you vote you let me know and I'm gonna go and say uh, save this scene for now and I'll see (laughs) Uh, in preview yeah I can do that let's uh, let's do that let's do that under render settings under editor let's head over to filtering Let's switch it on and then we can we can see that in the viewport as well And then it looks less noisy. Perhaps YouTube is happy about that as well After eight iterations it kicks in Uh, Boom! Very nice very nice. No noise very cool doesn't look great the first few iterations But it's certainly you know, there's no noise there and I I like it because it really lets me get a preview of the scene uh, Just you know a little bit more accurately I'm gonna twiddle with the framing some I'm gonna go and do this, so we see this more from the rat's perspective, okay, I think. I think we're nearly there with the lighting, I think we're nearly there. We, she needs a bit of hair, that's the next thing we need to do. But uh, before we carry on and uh, just sticking with the expressions there a little bit, I'd like his expression to be a little bit more pronounced as well. So I'd like the rat's expression to be more extreme and I haven't worried about the eyes yet so I want to use uh, some fiddling with the eyes so that they actually look at one another. Right now they've got this dead stare in the middle but they're not really looking at one another. So. She He's kind of pointing his way, but I'd like the eyes to kind of move a little bit into his direction and likewise I'd like for his eyes to look at her while he's running away because of course he's scared that she's going to you know whack him or whatever so yes let's do that next let's do that next uh, dreamlab it is so super difficult even entertaining the idea sometimes I switch the second RTX off just to you know get into the mindset of well this is what's going to be like from now on it's, it's just it's just not possible. David Davis from France was saying to me, "Hey, you may not be able to give these cards back." When I told him when this was when the second card was new and everything, and uh, my God, I thought, "Nah, you're you're wrong, man. That's just you know. That's just. I'm sure I'll be able to live with it." The answer is no. Once you've licked the blood, you got man. This is just. But I suppose Ira is just such a hungry, powerful engine. It just you know. Rod's friend here is. Um is saying that, uh, that he has four of them, four 2080 Ti's in God knows whatever setup that is. Was it Rajib Rod? Oh my God, I need to meet that man. Unbelievable. I think we need to do a bit of an interview there with him. Should this happen to you, I'm going, I've gone back to the texture shaded viewport here, and I saw the scene like this, and that's a little bit dark-like. So if you want to bring a bit of preview lighting into your scene back, that's Control-L. That'll bring that back, and then you get a bit of a preview of what's going on. So let's work on those eyes. I'm going to go and make the kitchen unselectable again, so that there's no mishaps happening. And uh, I'm going to have two approaches here. So uh, 3D Universe has given us this eye target. I'm going to use that to move the mouse's expression. But I'm going to use another trick for Victoria's eyes here. So first I'm going to go and select one eye at a time. Right click and select right eye. And then in the parameters tab, I'm going to go and with the right eye selected up here, there's on the general tab, there's under MISC, you can see the point at parameter here. You can isolate that under MISC, that's just this one. And that lets us now point each eye at a particular item in the scene. And I'm going to go and point it not so much at the rat in total, but at the rat's Head, so you can be very selective where you point that at let's see if we can make that happen so under tune mouse, under hip under abdomen under chest under head (laughs) they are actually head that's it that's it's perfect so (laughs) let's select the head and when you do that it looks a tiny bit scary you often can't see it with the whole manipulator in place so that'll that'll be enough so she looks like you know she looks a little bit crazy now but you know that's just uh that's just what she is. Isn't she? she is a 3D figure. So let's do the same thing with the other eye now. So right click and select the left eye. And then we're going to do the same thing. Point at. Sadly I'm going to have to select this all again. Because yeah, otherwise it wouldn't be fun would it? I'm going to go and select the Toon Mouse's head. And now both her eyes kind of stare into his direction. Directly at his head. So that's cool. Often in this um, kind of 3D preview it doesn't look that realistic but once it's rendered it's actually a very realistic way of pointing the eyes now the only thing that is already apparent is that in order for her to realistically look at the mouse her eyes are very much at the, at the very kind of you know extreme bottom left there and that's that's not natural so what humans would do is they would probably rather than do this they would probably turn their head while you know looking at the same thing and that'll move the eyes into the into the correct position so that's why this is a cool tip to point the eyes at the mouse because now if i select her head and tweak it into the direction that I want. Well, maybe, yeah, down is good. Uh, Left, right, yeah, look at that. If I do that, her eyes kind of uh, keep pointing at the mouse. That's great. You can use that for animations and and things flying by and everything. So maybe, you know, this is still looking further down, something like that. And even if I do things with other parts of her body, like, you know, let's let's move the chest further down and, you know, he's kind of bending forward and going, oh, my God, what's going down there? Uh, the eyes will always point at the mouse. And that looks much, much better than having the eyes kind of cramped into the bottom left corner of the eye sockets there. So that's cool. Let's do something similar. I'm just reading some comments. Sorry, I haven't lost it. It's just (laughs) sometimes, you know, when I read comments, I just go blank out there for a few seconds. So... um We'll do something similar with the mouse, and we use the mouse, the the eye target for that. Uh, we could do the same that we did before, but the eye target makes that even more easier for us. So I can select that here, and open my scene tab, and then the eye target is is something tangible. In our scene tab so that makes it easy to animate and it also makes it easy for us to just move it around so once again just with this little pointing device here or even with a little uh, button I can now go and move the eye target and you can see that the eyes of the mouse move and <laughs> it's kind of cool to see that they move individually and in different directions so sometimes uh, they don't move both at the same time they move both into different directions And the eye target kind of makes it easy for us to now have him look into her direction. Not too extreme, of course, you know, but, you know, anything, anything like, like that. I think I'm really getting a feel for him to, of him to just look at her. That's cool. And in animations, and I think that's why this eye target is there. In animations, you can do things like with one slider, you can go and have the eye, the the eyes move left and right. That's kind of cool to do that. Okay. Yes, the thing with the denoiser sometimes is that it's. Uh, I've, done a, I've done this animation recently in which uh, you've seen it in the kind of pre title sequence there where the sun moves. And in the parts where the sun was shining onto my logo, what happened was that the reflections in the kind of water pool were not as accurate and not as nice as they could have been. And with the denoiser on and a single image render, I didn't actually spot the difference. So I had about 300 iterations for that. And it looked good on a still image, but as soon as it was an animation, those... Uh, flickerings in the reflections from picture to picture looked different, and that was not so good. So I had to re-render the whole thing again with about five to 600 iterations, and then it was just about okay, but that's where the denoiser kind of suggests to you, hey, the image looks great, but If you let it render just that little bit longer, you get very much subtle details, especially on reflections. So anything chrome, anything glass, um, careful with the denoiser, sometimes you do get issues. I'm gonna show you another one later with this scene that we're gonna see issues with, especially around lights and around shoulders and depth of field. So sometimes you just see this weirdness and you think, yeah, that's just because the denoiser hasn't quite finished or the, the rendering engine hasn't quite finished, Bringing the details out in that, and the noise has kind of waved them away alien, thank you so much. I think I'm going to do that right. you get a hundred points. Mm-hmm. I wish we had a chatbot here we can I think I'm going to bring that in uh, next time there is look at that this there's something else going on here. what is this that is oh the left eye target right eye target because then we can give each other these points, and somebody will be the winner it's going to be great. not sure what you're going to win, but you know <laughs> I I tell you what you're going to win right now and this is good for all of you. So uh, that's something I do need to actually uh, address right now and before I forget because I do forget so many things. Um, so uh, I've created a Discord server and I wasn't quite sure how to use it and what to do with it. But eventually I'd like to uh, have this kind of discussion that we've got going on here uh I'd like for us to be able to do that when I'm not doing a live stream. So during the week, some one of us may have a question and needs an answer, and that's where that Discord server would really come in handy. Uh, Christina and Rod and I have tried it out, and it's just so addictive. It's absolutely amazing. I want to offer that as a Patreon perk going forward in the future, but for now, uh, you're all invited. And the invitation comes right here into the YouTube chat right now. So uh, for the next 24 hours, this is open for everybody and I'm going to keep bringing these out for the next two months or so and we'll just see how it goes. I'm not entirely sure what exactly we're going to use it for but I thought it was super, super awesome. So uh, if you're interested in keeping the conversation going, join us on Discord. Limited for the next 24 hours. There we go. Oh, have I not done that? Uh, there we go. I'm also going to put it on a mixer there we go and on twitch and on piccato so my good friends from piccato in case somebody is watching there we go uh, join us all on the discord yes absolutely uh zin, zin that's the that's the link in the chat there right now yeah go for it and uh, and join in and we'll see what we do with it going forward i can see this working so well for collaborative work and for all kinds of things um yeah Hey, there we go. That was quick wasn't it? (laughs) Julia says somebody's just joined. Very exciting So there we go Um, That is our scene almost done except for about 12 things that I want to Obviously do so uh, one of them is that I'd like to do something about the outside light that shines in Let me go back to the perspective view and just tumble the scene around here and we'll see uh what's currently coming through these windows. Let me let me go and save my scene. That's that's always that's always important. Let's go save it, let's go switch it over to Iray. And uh I just wanna check the default IBL that's going on there with DAS. So I want to do something slightly different there. Nothing over the top, but uh, certainly something that just makes it look uh, just as if there's natural daylight coming into the room. So uh, what we'll do, what let's do, that's what what Darren Lyle always says, what let's do then is (laughs) go under render settings and uh, have a look on the environment tab here. And just like last time when I created that sunset outside, I'm not going to do that here. I'm just going to go and switch off that environment map here just go select it and pick none and then that will not have that that horrible little IBL that the default IBL in there which you know has its uses but we're not going to use it now so let's go and draw the dome and that's now the dome and now I would like to maybe make it so that it's that it's something like uh, let's say three o'clock in the afternoon and i'm doing that because i would like for the light source to shine through these windows so in order to do that i need to rotate my dome and find where that light actually is coming from because right now i can't quite see that and it's only going to be very subtle but it'll help because it'll give us light Going into this so it'll brighten up the the characters faces there a little bit so let's go and do that now and that's the dorm Y rotation of course I don't really know which way to twist it I'm just gonna go and see what happens and see when I get kind of a lighter portion coming streaming through the window here I'm kind of confident that at one point it's gonna happen this could be it even (laughs) possibly So there we go. This is now giving us a little bit of a light source coming in from the window. I kind of like that. Yeah, there we go. You can see that just about here, the shadows that these straps are casting. So the light source is here, and this is how I can tell by these straps on the floor. If I move that a little bit further, you can see that these straps keep moving. And now they're at a less steep angle. And if I do this, I should just about see, I mean, this is, literally, this is literally subtle, but it's now looking as if sunlight is streaming through my large window. And that's, kind of, that's exactly the look I wanted to go for. And I think this is gonna brighten up both, the, both our characters' faces there just a little bit, because you can see all this, this shadowness going on with, with these subtle shadows here as well. There, those are the indications of shadows. Talk Tuesday. I love it. When, what time shall we do it? (laughs) Make some money. Yeah, that's actually the only time I can do it because I'm working on Tuesday. So 10 a.m. Tuesday join me oh my god this it it's terrible i did this uh, the, i uploaded a video the other day and i did it with the premiere and uh, my intention was to obviously get up and get out of bed dream lab was there and uh, i wasn't this terrible i was after it was over i was thinking oh man i missed my own premiere that's terrible so i felt really bad about that so i'm glad you were there tuesday talks there we go nice alliteration maybe we should do that as well talk tuesday I've bought some interesting games earlier on, uh, gray, on GOG.com, great old games. And one of them is called Do Not Feed the Monkeys. Uh, maybe we can play that one day. Like, I like the sound of that. Yeah, Talk Thursday. That's, that's also very possible. Yeah, we'll do five streams a week. That's the spirit, exactly. <laughs> I'm having so much fun, literally. I'm having so much fun with you guys. It's kind of, you know, I can see it going that way one day. <sighs> if I find the time. There we go, so we've got, we've, got the, we've got the light sorted. Let's have a look what that looks like in the camera now. And then we'll worry about hair. Hair, a character needs a bit of hair. And we also need to add those two subtle light sources and a bit of depth of field to the final render. And I guess then we're done. So, uh, again, if I look at this, there's, um, yeah, let's do that next. But before, we do, before we do anything about the hair, which is a fairly easy job, let's do what let's do, have a look at the subtle lights I was talking about earlier. So, uh, right now, this is, this is a great example that with, with everything being in focus in a scene like this by default... The character here doesn 't really stand out from the background, so everything kind of blends into one another and uh, that 's often the downfall i mean the char- The coffee maker and the mouse have the same well, a very similar color it 's different here because we have a, at least a light behind our character here, so that separates the hand. Uh, from whatever's going on here, especially if we add a little bit of depth of field here this is going to look very nice and we can see that this is out of focus but this is in focus so that'll that'll make our day there that's all very cool but what's uh, happening here is that I can't really see too much separation between the mouse and the coffee machine and I'd like to use the spotlight behind the little guy so that we can see kind of it's not just from behind it's kind of from behind and the top so that 50% 50% of this object here at the top is being illuminated and that'll make such a difference in the scene. Again, it's subtle, but it's, it's something that is often overlooked. We just bump your um, images or your objects into a scene and you think, yeah, well, the final image, there's kind of the, the focused background and the very in-focus character, they kind of blend into one another and you can separate them out by just a little bit of subtle lighting so we'll do that the other thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put a point light somewhere here and that will just emphasize her expression a little bit which we can always tweak I'm not entirely sure she looks a bit like this maybe that's the fact that she doesn't have hair maybe that's why why this doesn't look quite right to me just yet but um, you know we'll we'll work on that as we go along so uh, let me do maybe we'll start with that we'll put a point light here a fairly weak point light that just takes care of the shadows underneath her eyes and underneath her chin they're not very pronounced but they're pronounced enough for me to think hmm that could look better so let's do that let's do this thing I'll go back into my texture shaded viewport and bring back all my tabs here And I'll go and create a new point light. These, all these like spotlights, point light, distant light there, I'm going to explain those in an upcoming video about parametric lights. That's going to be the next video in the Dash Studio 101 series. Definitely coming up uh, this week probably, this week going forward. I'm just looking for that point light. Here it is already. That's very cool. Let me go and switch my 3D manipulator tool on again and i'll just eyeball its position somewhere here make it a little bit higher so it's going to it's going to be helpful because it'll illuminate her face and it'll also illuminate well anything in front of her so it'll help also help with the with our little guy here that's going to be that's going to work with that now to see the effect of that light I'm just making sure it's kind of equidistant from all objects that will be involved. So I don't want to be too close to the face because otherwise we'll, we'll see like a fairly defined uh, light spot on her face and I don't really want to do that. So I'm going to make sure this is all kind of just in an equidistant position from literally anything. Uh, let's switch this back to Iray and with the point light selected, I'll go to the parameters tab and I'll go to the light tab here. And that will give us uh, some bits and bobs here. My preferred options right now will be under the photometrics tab. So currently it's uh, it's not even noticeable. It is active, but it is barely noticeable because the luminous flux value is extremely low. I don't really know why they've done it in Das Studio that the default parameters are literally as if nothing is active so that that confuses pretty much 90% of all users instantly when they're dropping a light and it doesn't work so I'm going to crank that up to something like 10,000 this may be too much but uh, we'll at least we'll see an effect of the light yes we can see that so this is way too strong let me go and switch the 3d manipulator off and perhaps also in the perspective view I'm going to go and zoom right in to the effect that the light has for these guys here so yes 10,000 is way too much but if we try 5,000 we can just see that there's now a little bit of an effect there and I think this is exactly what I wanna do here I can just to show you a before and after if I go and switch the point light off you know, I think I can actually switch the iterations for the denoiser to uh, zero. Denoiser start iterations are usually on eight, but if I make them zero, then the denoiser is going to kick in literally in an instant. So the first iteration, we already see the denoiser being active. It doesn't always look awesome, but uh, for us, it really gives us a great uh, before and after thing. So if I now switch off the point light, hours later, Okay, there we go you can see the difference so this is now the kind of darker face and as soon as you switch it on we have the more illuminated face and you know it's it may be still a little bit too strong i could pre- instead of fiddling with the intensity i might just bring that further down and slightly further away from her i think i might do that yeah i think i might do that Thank you, Christina. This, yeah, thank you for, for the link. Very cool. To my own video. I love it. <laughs> yes, is that the one? Um, which one is that? Uh, I can't see that from the link. Is that the one, the slightly older one about eye ray lighting? Because it's kind of this, those same principles that I'm going uh, to talk about. Um, yeah, with a slightly more updated version. dramatic lighting that's right that is a good this year absolutely i forgot about that tutorial completely that is a good one too yes thank you for posting that i appreciate that yeah the denoiser i, I really like it active literally all the time because i'm thinking hey that's just that's just so cool i will go and uh, fiddle in my in my perspective view over here that's just so that i can that i can uh, select that light a little bit better which is of course super difficult as always so yeah i'm going to put that back here and literally just over here and then perhaps just down some let's see what that does does that do what we want yeah, so this is still, it's still giving me that type of effect, but it's not going overboard with it. I think that's that's kind of my point. Make sure it's subtle. It's very easy to go over, over the top with these things. So I think, you know, I think we're there. Uh, just as a quick comparison again, if I switch the point light off, then I get that kind of, you know, darkened face. So it's Everything is there, but this is literally just like as if you as if you apply that that tiny bit of a um, emphasize emphasizing thing there that you know this is what we want to focus on that that expression because you know she's terrified of the mouse, so there we go. Oh, I know, I know, it's it is crazy, isn't it? And can you imagine what it's like with the twenty eighty ti's? Oh my God, it's just. I think you use that system for 10 minutes and you go yeah sorry I can't I can't work with slow graphics cards anymore. I've been I've got another system which has my uh, 970 GTX 970 in and a picture that renders on this machine in 2 minutes renders on him in about 12 and I'm thinking my god how did I how did I live with that for so long but it's just you know if you don't have the cash it's it's really difficult to um uh, to do anything else. I mean it's it's just you know I have no idea how I'm going to finance the second card. Well, Brian's book—that's going to be one part of it. But it's kind of, yeah, that's one of those things. Let's work on the let's work on the spotlight now. Oops, I'm going behind the scene there. Now the spotlight is going to come in from behind the mouse. So I'm going to go and and uh, just do that. Move behind the little guy, and uh, that's this this trick that we can use uh, that. I really like you, you position the perspective view to where you'd like the light to shine from so in my case I'm going to kind of focus on the mouse in fact I'm going to go and right-click the mouse head and make sure his head is selected and now I'm going to go and click that square so that'll now kind of position the head in the middle of my scene and that's important so that I'm rotating around his head because that's what I'd like to emphasize and, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be behind him like that, but I'm going to be slightly like 45 degrees from about here. So I'm aiming this so that it's the opposite direction of where I'd like the light to come from. So um, I, would like, I would like for all of these things to, be, to get a little rim here. And Maybe I'll do it this way. Maybe I'll do it this way. So, uh, woo, thank you so much, guys. Awesome. Woo-hoo. I love the little walking guy there. Thank you so much, Biscuits. Oh, and thank you so much, Christina. This is so awesome. woo Super chat in the making that will actually go towards the new graphics card by the way so this is exciting stuff do you think it's little amounts but no it's it all adds up you know this is this is all going in the big pot that's totally going go to go towards that legal second RTX 2080 card we've had we've had so many discussions about this because uh, one of the ideas that i had was well why don't just since i have two boxes you know why not just put a really old graphics card into the 2080 box and send that back to amazon and see what happens and, you know, obviously this is not something that we should uh, be doing because it's all h- highly illegal and uh, this, this is why we're not doing it. And uh, I'm grateful for the fact that I was able to play with this for so long, but, uh, you know, I, I've decided now I can't do it. I just, you know, I'm, I'm too honest for that. So, uh, yeah, one of those things. So I'm going to work on getting that second graphics card legally. There we go. Just thought I'd mention that in case you're watching Amazon. <laughs> So with that perspective view uh, pointed at the right spot here. Let me go back and uh, change that to the texture shaded view again. I'm going to go and create a new spotlight in this case. And I'm using a spotlight, by the way, instead of a point light, because otherwise we would see the back of this scene illuminated as well. I don't want that. A point light shines in all directions and I literally want it to point only at the mouse and not at anything else. So, new spotlight. And if I now select not the default settings, but the active viewport transform, which is the perspective view, then that light is going to be created facing exactly uh, at the mouse already. So that's kind of, that's kind of cool. So with my viewport, uh, with my perspective view oops, this, this happens sometimes (laughs) with my um, perspective here I'm going to move away and I can see that that's where the light is and this is how it's pointing and uh, from the front here I'll get a bit of an impression of what this what this is going to look like in a moment but what I can now do and this is kind of cool I really like that about that studio you can look through the light and make adjustments as you go along so you can go up to the uh, perspective view thing that the what viewport you're looking through, and you can literally look through the spotlight that we've just created. And when I do that, I get I get this. So if I wanted to make some adjustments, once again, I can just go and uh, select the the toon mouse's head here. Make sure I go and. Zoom in on him, then I can literally go and adjust the light more to the top more to the bottom. I can dolly away from the mouse, I can move closer, and so forth so that 's going to make a big uh, that 's going to make a big difference in in me making adjustments here and bringing out different effects of that so i 'll go look through the perspective view, switch this back to Iray, and uh, now i 'm going to go and Exactly yeah, that's a very good point, uh, christina. I'm, I've, I've, you know it was one of those ideas that I thought, man, if they're going to auction these things off, i'd you know why can't I just get a hold of it? and you know there's always other ways, so you know, yeah, I'm not going to do that uh, so under parameters, I'll see what what that light does. I'm just going to focus in on the little guy here so I can see the effect pronounced. Uh, once again with the spotlight selected under the photometrics we've got the same issues as with the with the point lights it's barely noticeable right now so I'm gonna go and crank this up I'll probably try 20,000 just to see what happens we can talk about the light temperature as well in a minute Uh, and it looks like the direction is not quite correct so I can see that the effect that the light has is now this and that's uh, shining at his snout a little bit, so I'm not, I'm not a big fan of that. So we need to come from slightly, well, kind of a different direction there. Either zoom in a little bit more or something else. I'll use my auxiliary viewport for that. No, actually, I'm going to use the double viewport for that. Let's do that. The uh, viewport's top and bottom. And the top will be what we're seeing here. The bottom is going to be the spotlight. Yes, I can see this is probably what we're illuminating. So I think I'm going to go in further. Move that over here. See what the effect of that is. So snout light has been eliminated. Very good. And I can see separation here. That's very, very cool. I like that. But it's not quite enough for me. So I think I'm going to go and try to angle that light further down. Like that. It's not that easy to position uh, right now and I'm getting the effect that I'm after here I'd like for it to be bigger so again once I if I dolly out I, I've got this really bad mouse here I think I'm gonna have to go and uh, see what I can do with the with the actual translation parameters here uh, is it uh, what do you think is it gonna be uh, X I'm gonna try and try X oh, there we go this is this is much more subtle control that I'm getting with this. I'm so sorry. Yes, the donations distracted me, the whole Amazon thing, the RTX thing, everything distracted me. I'm so sorry. Yes, uh, let me let me have a look. you know it depends uh, in in, uh, regards to your question it really depends on the system so i have uh, systems that work really well with uh, with cpu and cpu and gpu together and I've also got systems in which they, it doesn't make any difference at all. So like this system here, for example, if I add the two Xeon CPUs that I have together with the GPU, it makes barely any difference in speed, but it makes a big difference in power consumption. So my two Xeons, they, they use 100 watts of power each, and that plus the 250 watts that the, that the card uses, or the two cards would use like 500 watts in total uh, that's really that's not economical and it doesn't actually make a a speed improvement at all i mean it does like 10 seconds 10 10 10 to 5 seconds different but that's really not anything that uh you know it's it's just it's just not as big a difference as i thought it would make but other systems do really well with the cpu and gpu rendering combined Currently, by the way, in, in DasW 4.11, the current version, you can't use the denoiser when you're using CPU rendering. I don't know if that's going to change, but, uh, uh, but I hope it is, because I'd like to do some CPU renders that on computers that don't have great graphics cards. My CPUs are it's a dual Xeon 5675 system. They're older, but uh, they're hexa core each, so it's, it's very, very cool. Very cool system that. Okay. Scott, Scott Fifi, Scott Fifi, thank you so much for following on Mixer. So, I'm just twiddling with the light here. I'm just moving the light around while looking through it, and you know you can see even subtle changes make a bit of a difference here to the top of the little guy's head. so I'm just going to try and get rid of this uh this little white speck on his snout here but other than that i'm I'm very happy about this separation that's exactly what I was after, and you know I just want to make sure this doesn't this doesn't shine here. And I think I've think I've kind of got it. Maybe a little further rotation would make make a difference. It is just literally literally just a little little subtle effect here I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to work out. But yeah, this is essentially how you can do it. I think I'm going to leave it like that because this is exactly the, the very fine line. It's exactly what happens with three-point lighting. That's why you have the rim light from kind of almost opposite the camera and slightly move to the, to the top. And if you crank that light up, that's another thing we can try. We can li- really crank that up so that this kind of blooms out almost. Let's try that, shall we? Uh, so we've had 20,000. Let's try 100,000 and see what happens. So this is now very strong. And you can see the effect it has. So this is now more emphasized. Can you see that here? It's more emphasized, uh, but also it, it burns out his little hand here. So it's, that's kind of too much for my liking. But if you have nothing else in your scene, that's how you can, gra- how you can create really nice promo images. If you, have, basically, if you want to do the background in Photoshop, just a gradient or something else, and you only have your character and nothing else in the scene, you can do really good effects with just making that backlight really, really strong there. But for my liking, because we have background here, it's just a little bit too much. So I'm going go to go back maybe at 30,000. Let's try that. Is that 30 or did I put it to (laughs) 300,000? Yes, one zero too much, isn't it? There we go. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I'll leave that. Do you like it? What do you think? All good? Votes, please, on the strength of the light. Xeon is a legend. And considering that the Xeons that I've bought for this workstation were... Fifty dollars for a pair? You think? whoo That's awesome. They were fifteen hundred each when they came out. That's kind of unbelievable. I got a snotty comment the other day about somebody saying, "Well, you haven't got that fast a system, you know." And I'm thinking, "Yeah, but you know, an i9 costs like what? What does that cost? Plus peripherals? I'm happy to have two outdated, eight-year-old Xeons for literally fifty dollars. This is, and also." all funded by Patreon donations and YouTube revenue. That is so awesome. This is, all, this is a completely built system, completely built on your donations. So I really appreciate what you're doing. And every penny goes back into the stream. Ah, do you know what? Thank you so much for letting me know that I've forgotten something, Elion. That is exactly right. I've totally, I've, I've left everything in basically 3 d light shaders. I haven't turned them into um, eye ray shaders. Thank you so much. Let's do that right away before we forget because now that we've got our lights set up I'll go back and uh, turn that into my single viewport. It's very, very good point. Thank you. So everyone's watching. 100 more points to you. Very cool. Uh-oh. Do you think? Yeah, maybe. Yes, you think this, right? This is the environment light. Uh, yes see my goodness you're all you're all very very kind let's uh, drag that down to 4000 first of all it doesn't make that big a difference but you know just to keep in with the with the rest of the lighting may not be a bad idea to turn that down do you know I think I actually liked it on 6000 I think I liked it a little bit cooler here I think I want to leave it but thank you for the tip thank you for the tip Uh, and yes let's work on that environment light I'm gonna turn that down a bit that's a very very cool point under render settings environment I will just crank down the intensity so environment intensity here that's that's it under environment Uh, one I'm just gonna I'm just gonna try point point three perhaps let's see what happens doesn't really make a difference oh this is the backlight this isn't actually in the environment light this is the spotlight that is still the spotlight here might be kind of a comical shadow if we just leave it there yeah the environment light didn't actually make a difference here not much of a difference anyway no I'm gonna leave it I'm gonna leave it in place but again thank you very much for spotting that 0.6 we'll try 0.6 no problem there. interactive stream we'll do 0.6 right it's a collective work this is but let's do let's do shaders let's do shaders and um, let's go and just leave ivory running see what happens so let's do let's deal with Victoria 6 first. so I'm gonna I'm gonna um, select her go into the smart content tab and i'm going to go over to materials this is very cool this is not anything that das have have publicly made available i mean they they have made it available they just haven't told us that it's there so on my genesis 2 starter essentials if i double click in that i get all the materials that come with this thing and uh, i believe there is somewhere somewhere i see this is now so much stuff that's kind of crazy, isn't it? Uh was it in Victoria? Was it in Victoria maybe? Could be in Victoria. No, it wasn't. There is something called the Genesis 2 iRay default something or other. Maybe it's under materials. Yeah, there we go. iRay. Haha. iRay optimized Genesis 2 female mat. Can you believe it? That's very cool. So they've made that available. And I'm going to double-click that with Victoria selected. And that should now turn her surfaces into an actual iRay shader, skin shader. And that's very cool. So it may not be, you know, the skin texture you want, but it certainly is a very good starting point. And I didn't know until today that they had made that available. Very cool. So I, I like it. On the Toon mouse, we're not quite so lucky because we need to convert that uh, manually but uh, it's not that big a deal either so let's select the toon mouse here in the scene tab and with that selected we'll head over to the surfaces tab and there we can select the toon mouse and that now brings up a list of all the surfaces that are on him and with all of those selected we'll head over to the presets tab under shaders there's iray and we're going to click the iray uber base and that should now apply everything on that little guy into at least eye-ray surfaces. And uh, that allows us, if we wanted to make any further adjustments, to, to do that. So that's that a very good tip. Thank you so much. You mean the 0.6 DreamLab? Sorry, I was, I'm a bit late reading your messages. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So, um, one final thing, hair for our main character. I'm going to go out of IRA quickly and uh, put the hair on. And I'll do that by selecting... I'm going to use one of Biscuit's hair. Uh, She's made a nice hair prop called the Mila hair. And that is a bun that's just tied up at the back. I'm going to go and uh, select... uh Oh, camera, no. I'm going to select Victoria's head here see what's why is this not working well here again oh because i'm looking through the camera okay cool let me invisibilize the camera that means i could also just unselect make the camera unselectable that's we, we don't really want to do that either but i can make it invisible and then we don't have these overlay things here so i can go and select victoria's head and biscuits hair is is technically made for a poser so i'm going to go into my content library tab under the Poser formats here and there's my runtime here that's Renderosity. that's where uh, her hair lives and it's under the props folder under biscuits and there's Mila hair here comes with a hair cap and the actual hair prop so with the head selected I'm gonna double click the hair cap that kind of almost fits on my girl's head here but it needs a little bit of an adjustment very cool about biscuits hair is that it works with so many figures so very very cool job there biscuits so uh, with the cap now selected you go to the parameters tab and here you have the morph tab and that lets you fit it to genesis 2 genesis 3 dawn pauline project evolution literally anything if you don't have Uh, that particular morph you have your own character you can always use the offset morphs very exciting stuff so I'm going to go use the Genesis 2 fit and I'll do that almost fits that's just a little bit of little bit of uh, poke through here but uh, again you use offset inflate perhaps that'll work there we go until all the poke through is done thank you Julia very kind of you and that's the hair cap so we don't see any naked skin underneath the hair and now we can just go and select Victoria again and go back to the content library tab and double click on the Mila hair product and that's going to parent itself to the head now which is perfect. I like it because with the Mila hair selected we go back to the parameters tab and here you can have a lot of fun with uh, fits as well so yeah let's let's dial in the genesis 2 fit and you have so much fun with all these kinds of things. I'm going to go quickly dial in a styles uh, like a, the bun style because right now it's just a regular tied-back bun. But you can emphasize that expression in the woman's face by going the hair, even the hair is afraid of the mouse. That's the that's the thing. So one of these will will be great. So you go, <laughs> you're very welcome, biscuits. So any of these things will just will just uh, fluff up the. Uh, fluff up the bun and you can use a couple in combination here and then you know this is this looks really wild see how much of it we see in the in the camera yeah that, something like that you don't want to do too much of it but you know since we only see this little bit here at the top I think this is gonna be great so even her hair goes oh my god there's a mouse so very cool <laughs> biscuits tell me one thing I, uh, I forgot I've been trying to look for the Daz materials I didn't find them I was going to give her a little bit of a different hair color but I couldn't find them where are they again where are they hiding because I think they are in the that's a, they're under DAS studio formats aren't they I just couldn't find the location of that if you could help me out that would be greatly appreciated maybe we can go and give the woman a different type of um, different type of hair color and while we do that, let's add just one final touch, and that's the, that's the depth of field effect. I think I'm going to go, actually maybe the, yeah, I'm going to leave everything as it is and just go with a tiny bit of depth of field in the camera. And to make that appear, we're going to go and select the camera, make it visible, deselect literally, anything else in the scene so like the whole apartment kitchen the big How are you doing? so I'm gonna deselect the apartment here so that everything disappears and that's just so that I can see the lines that the camera object is gonna draw so I'm gonna go and uh, look through the top view here and center my camera in Something like, oh, I can't actually rotate this, can I? So, uh, yeah, there's my camera and my figures here. I'm going to go and uh, make that a bit bigger for you guys. (coughs) With the camera selected, uh, on the cameras tab, actually, so this is my cameras tab, and with the camera actually selected, I can now go and switch on the depth of field option. And when I do that, I get these additional lines that are being drawn with the camera here. I should do so, they're probably very far away. No, they're not actually. Why not? What's going down? right thank you biscuits i may have forgotten that because i'm sure i've had that going on my other computer but since i've last used your hair materials i think i've switched computers twice so i think that is one of the things that's not installed on this machine that may that makes perfect sense where would i find them in the hierarchy on the content library tab just give me a little indication of where i should be looking for that and then i'll look there and if it's not there you know i'm totally gonna have a look so uh, depth of field, I'm a little bit confused, my friends. Oh, there we go. The camera needs to be selected so that I can see these additional lines here. That's important. Uh, these two are the ones that tell me what is in focus currently, actually these two lines are currently giving me what's in focus we're so close to our scene that I really have to be very creative in order to move that plane to our character so it may not even be possible usually the further the camera is away from your subjects the easier it is to get depth of field going the closer it is, the more difficult it is to do that, so let's try and uh, mess with our focal distance here and that is in fact these two things. I'm trying to bring them so that at least the mouse is in focus. So you know this would be focus behind the characters, this would be focus on Victoria, this is focus on the mouse, but if we wanted to bring both of these guys into focus, that may be really really difficult. I could mess with the depth of field now, make that a little bit more open but I wonder if our uh, depth of field effects probably not even going to be noticeable I'll try it with this let's look through the camera and switch eye ray on see what happens yeah that's exactly why so uh, that looks okay but if I go and bring the apartment kitchen back is it really going to be out of focus that's the big question and if so how much out of focus is it going to be everything's out of focus <laughs> that's the denoiser no actually it works well it's okay it's it's uh, it's not bad i mean if i were to move the camera further away we would we would have an easier time setting this up but i can see that here in the background this is kind of out of focus enough for me for my personal liking I could, if I bring the f-stop down, then it'll be more out of focus, uh, but it'll also get shallower at the same time. So we may risk that, the, that Victoria isn't quite in focus anymore, which you know, kind of would, would work for me as well, because it's more about the character. Depends really what you want to emphasize there. <laughs> that's the one, exactly, Dreamlab. D in depth of field stands for denoiser. That's right. 100 points for you. So I think I'm going to go with what, what, what I had before here, perhaps something like uh, 30,000, something like that. 30, yeah, something something like that. I think that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. Let me go save that scene and let me go render this out and then I'll post it together with the other scene that I had earlier uh, to Renderosity. Actually, you know, there is one other thing. There is one other thing. There's one other thing that I'd like to do and that's just to get a little bit of stray lighting out of the scene so I think I'm gonna move the whole framing just further over to the right a little bit there's uh, just to put that guy just basically to get rid of the wall here I'm gonna get rid of a bit of wall here bring more of these lights in that'll introduce some more stray lighting so something like that you know what I'm saying Something like that. and uh, But the other thing I'm going to do is to... And again, this is a really subtle effect. I'm going to use a bit of tone mapping to add a tiny bit of vignetting to my scene. And the reason why I'm doing that is because we have a lot of stuff going on here. And even though it's out of focus, it's, or s- subtly out of focus, it does kind of distract the viewer's eyes a little bit. So let me show you what I can do there uh, with the render settings tab open on the tone mapping tab and it's only going to be a really, really tiny adjustment, and that's here on vignetting. Uh, don't go overboard with that. So if I go and crank that up to something like 15, you can see what's happening. That's, you know, then even though that is vignetting, it's kind of a little bit too much. But you get to see that it really makes the viewer's attention focus on one part of the picture. So it almost gets rid of 50% of what's there. It's still there on the sides but it's very very subtle so it's obviously 15 is way too much so i'm gonna i'm thinking maybe five is probably too much still yes it's still a little bit too much so i'm going to open this up to perhaps something like two but you get the idea so with it switched on and with it switched off so now this all straight lighting here is just darkened down a little bit and that's exactly what i want because really the focus of my scene is happening in the middle So you know, no matter which way you adjust that focus to, the focus is literally on the two people rather than on stray lighting. So it's just, it's subtle, the effect. If I uh, bring this back to what it was before, you can see that this is now back. This is kind of full whack light, but just a subtle adjustment like two will just dim that down, but only on the edges and it leaves the focus and all the lighting in the middle just as it is. So there we go. That is all I have for you today. I hope you enjoyed today's session. Uh, once again, I'm going to go and uh, save. I'm going to post this scene file that I've created here on my Patreon account together with last week's scene file of how to do the sunset. That's very exciting stuff. So if you want to examine any of the parameters that I've fiddled with and that you couldn't quite remember, download that file and just have a, have a little look and um, see, what's, uh, see what's going down. Um, then also the other thing. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to render this out. I'm going to put that on renderosity. I'm going to put the scene file back on um, on Patreon, and this is the other thing I've created here as the thumbnail earlier. So, except for me having having forgotten to switch off that that target here, we get more or less. Uh, this is what the final render is going to look like, almost. So um, yeah, depth of field subtle, a tiny bit of vignetting applied. Yeah. That is it. I'm going to post this and the one that we've created today on Renderosity. Both scene files or the the scene file from today and from last week go on Patreon and don't forget to drop by time sensitive limited invitation only. Uh, Drop by the Discord if you wish. Uh, We've got a new Discord server and I'm not sure where it's going to go but going forward it's going to be a Patreon only perk so that we have a closed system there that we can keep our chat going in the in the, um, uh, in the Discord. So uh, there we go. Oh, thank you so much for your subscription. Very nice. I love it. Do you get the walking zombie animation? Come on. Very cool. Very cool. My friends, thank you so much for having me. And thank you so much for chatting. I really enjoy these streams. And I hope we can keep them going for a very, very long time. I'm having fun. It looks like you're having fun. That's what DAS Studio is all about, isn't it? What? 3D shenanigans is all about. Uh, don't forget tomorrow I'm going to do another stream and that will be on uh, Subnautica. So it's also same time, same place, right here. We're going to play Subnautica, Subnautica Saturday. I'm not sure what we're going to expect in the game, but it's literally just hang out while watching some funky visuals and let's talk about anything. I think last time we had a good a good connection going about nutrition, as well as graphics cards, as about as well as uh, whatever else we decide to talk about. So it's literally hang time and you know ask questions um bring comments and bring knowledge and you know let's exchange uh, what's happening in our heads my friends thank you so much thank you so much for your donations i will see you tomorrow four o'clock eastern standard time bye-bye